I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Bring, bring it bring it to the bring Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we are here. The season is over, but we will start off with a Newcastle segment with Jake Jackman, who, of course, you can find on Twitter at Jake Jackman with two N's. You can also find his writings at EPL Index and his dulcet tones over at the Championship Pod, which obviously comes out through the same podcasting channel. And I'm sure they'll have plenty to talk about uh, later this week after all of the playoffs. But, uh, Jake, that's not why we're here. We're here to talk about Newcastle. The hiring of Steve Bruce seemed pretty uninspired at the time. A lot of people had you in their bottom threes to start the season, locked for relegation, Ends up not being that season. You end up finishing 13th. Overall, what were your takeaways from the season? Yeah, so it, I was, we were probably in my three for relegation as well. So I guess that's an improvement on what I, what I thought was going to happen. Hmm. Um, I, think it was, I don't think the football was very good. Uh, if you look at, I think I've been on this podcast before and said, if you look at all the underlying metrics and all that, we, we've come up bottom for a lot of them. So we've had our fair share of luck, but... It, there's been a steady improvement, I think, post lockdown. I think the football got better, at least when we had something to play for. And then when um, survival got confirmed mathematically, it sort of went off again. But it, we, we're, it was okay. I think staying up in the Premier League um, after what happened in the summer was always going to be the main objective. And we managed to do that. Um, Bruce coming in, obviously, hadn't managed in the Premier League for a while. And it was a bit of an uninspiring appointment. He didn't have much time with the squad. I think that he only. He only came in sort of late July, so he didn't have much time. So it, it was a bit of a, he, he learned on the job a bit about the squad. Uh, and in the end, he found something that worked and got some quite good results. Um, after he changed the formation to go four at the back, I think we beat Southampton away. We beat um, Sheffield United at home, um, beat Bournemouth away. We got some good results and there's some good performances to go with that as well. So it's quite exciting. And I think we've got a, we've got a base of a, okay squad is def- there's definitely big big areas to strengthen which i'm sure we'll come on to but um st maximum has come on a lot in the last sort of two or three months um i think that the defense um that we've come across with the sales and fernandez are starting to get quite solid when they played together dubravka have had a very good season in goal um and i think shelby uh, and Isaac Hayden have once again had, had pretty good seasons as well. So we've got a, we've got the foundation to build on. Um, but there, there's definitely a case that we're sort of just existing. Like this season sort of just happened. It, it could have been a lot worse. It definitely could have been. But there's not much to get excited about either. Um, you hear there's a really unhealthy sort of weight um, thing at Newcastle, especially in the media, where they constantly compare Bruce to Ralph Benitez uh, and talk about how he's doing a a good job compared to Benitez but last season we finished in 13th position with 45 points this season we finished in 
13th position with 44 points. Uh, that's just, just it's it's not progression. It's not regression. <laughs> it's just pretty much staying the same. So, yeah, it's it's, it's the season's happened. Uh, there's been, I think, the football's been awful for the majority of it. But there's been some good moments, like beating Tottenham in August was nice. Beating Manchester United with Matty Longstaff's goal was was a nice moment. And then getting a last minute winner against Chelsea. Some good cup um, cup ties in the in the FA Cup. Um, drawing against City with Shelby equalising last minute. It's been good moments, but it this feels like we're sort of existing for the point of existing at this point. And at this uh, if you ask me right now about next season, with such a short turnaround, it, I think we're, we're going to be down there again unless there's some big changes um, over the next couple of months. Yeah, and we'll get to the potential biggest of changes in your club a little bit later. Um, but you did mention Steve Bruce there. Definitely overachieved based on what the expectations were of him himself, of the squad. Uh, was there anything that you thought that he did in particular? Maybe not in a comparative way to Rafa Benitez, but anything that he did that kind of got the best out of the squad in, like you mentioned, some of those bigger fixtures that really had an impact come come the end of the season? I think with Bruce, I, I think he's not... He's not the best manager in the Premier League, and I don't think he'd he'd claim to be. But he's he's quite a good man manager. I think he's he's quite he's quite a good manager for for the Newcastle under Mike Ashley purely because he, I think he's quite a good talker in the press. He often speaks quite well. Um, he's very good at getting the media on side, which is quite an important thing. Like there's not going to be any big pressure on him within the media, which um, some managers have had at other clubs. He's he's quite well liked there. I think he, the players really like him. I think you get that impression from them when they talk about him. Um, players like Shelby, um, Zay Maximin, I'm sure they're, they're the type of players that need a manager that just completely back them and let them go out and do their thing. And I think he does that, which is why both have performed pretty well this season. Um, and I think now he's found a formation that, that works and gets the best out of those. So I think he's quite pragmatic. I think he's he realises that he's not going to compete with the likes of I don't know. I'm not going to talk about the top managers in the league, but the, the likes of Hassan Hutu and, and Potter, he's not going to compete with them in terms of their style of football, but he's good at managing players. Uh, and I think that still goes quite a long way, even in the modern game. Um, and I think we've seen that with quite a lot of the, the individual performances this season. Yeah, and there certainly were those, as you mentioned, uh, St. Maximin really, really shining towards the end, looking like a, a club talisman, assuming you can keep him for, for some time. Uh, if you had to kind of pick your player of the season, would, would he be it? Um, he'd definitely be up there. I think it's between him and Martin Dubravka, but I think for me, it's probably Dubravka that would get it for the, um, get player of the season. I think that he's been so consistent. Um, I think he's won us a lot of points and there's that period sort of between October and January where we really weren't playing good football at all, but we were managing to get some really important points. And I think that was down to him um, in goal and the saves he was making, sort of saves he had no right to make. And he was winning points for us during that period. And that's why we never really got languished in the relegation zone. And that was the period where it could have went quite ugly for us. And um, we were very lucky to get some of the points we did, but it was mainly because of him in goal, I think, that we got them. So I think he, he is probably the player of the season for me, just for his consistency. I think he's made more saves than any other keeper this season. Uh, also made more errors leading to goals. But if you've got, if you're called to do your job in goal more often, you're probably going to make more errors because that's where the errors to goals happen most frequently by goalkeepers. So I'm not going to hold that against him. He's bailed us out far more often than he's cost us. So yeah, I think for me, he is the, the 
player of the season. Um, I think if if we're talking about in t- this calendar year, it might be Saito Maximin. I think he's come on really well um, since the turn of the year, but overall in, in the season for what he's contributed, I think it's got to be Dubravka. Yeah, and he's obviously been fantastic. Led the league in saves. Him and Pope, the only two anywhere near the top of the charts in both clean sheets and saves. So, uh, yeah, it really speaks to both the difficulty of his job, considering how many shots he faced, and also how well he performed in that both saves and clean sheets number. Uh, kind of sticking with the stats and at the other end of the pitch, uh, John Joe Shelby ended up leading you in goals with six this season. This, of course, after the big money signing of Joel Linton last season. Also, St. Maximin, who has been contributing in Almer on the previous January are you thinking that next season, just if you keep this same group, the goals will come? Obviously, Dwight Gale got some some run out here after the restart as well. Or, or do you think that the starting striker for Newcastle next season might not be at the club just yet? Yeah, I, I don't think that. Um, I think that this summer we will see another striker come in. I think it's, it's got got to happen. Um, you know, I don't think Joel intends a striker. I think he's more of a wide player, and I think that we're going to use him there. Um, we've got Andy Carroll, but he's not very reliable. Um, haven't scored this season, although he's had a few assists and some good moments. Um, and it's probably worth the free transfer, considering we had nothing else going on. Uh, and Dwight Gale coming back in. I think all of them have got something to offer. Like, I wouldn't mind having them at the club for another year. I think that Joe Ellington might come on a little bit um, if he's used sort of in a in a wider wider role and with less pressure on him, because I don't think he's in number nine. Um I think we definitely need to sort out the striking issue. I think Gale's been really, really good since the restart. He's got four goals. Um, he's getting into positions, getting a lot of chances. Uh, and you, just the difference between him and, and Joel and in, in that he actually gets the chances when he's on the pitch. And I don't know that's because he's a, a a much better player. I just think he, he's got the instincts to, to take up the right positions and make the right runs. Um, and you just see the, the quality he does have it in those areas. He's sometimes not the best finisher, but he gets in the right positions and, and that will lead to goals as we've seen over the last few weeks. So yeah, I think it'd be quite good to have him for another season. Um, but I don't really fancy any of them to to start regularly and score sort of like 10 plus goals, which we probably need. So I think that that's good, definitely going to be the main position we look to strengthen this summer. Um, I think with Shelby, he's had a really good season, but I'd be surprised to see him match that again. Um, a lot of his goals are, are from long range. and It's, it's tough to, to replicate that year on year. But he's been really good this year, and he's definitely benefited from the change of manager. He's one of the few that didn't really get much of a chance under Benitez last year. I don't think he trusted him, but um, Bruce has sort of built the team around him, and he's really shone, and I think that he's got a new contract this year, and he's probably going to be around for a while. And if we continue finding a system that gets the best out of him, uh, we've got somebody else to do his running for him. He can definitely contribute at this level still, as we've seen. He's, He's come up with quite a few important goals, and in the following the lockdown, he's had a few that have been um, sort of getting into the area, making late runs, um, and he, he's shown a little bit more to his game. And rather than sitting deep and spraying passes, he's been a little bit more all action, which has been quite good to see. So yeah, I think we definitely needed a striker, but um, I still think all three of the ones we currently have have something to offer in some form. Interesting stuff for sure. We'll keep an eye on. Uh... Who does lead the line for you next year? But interesting about Joel Linton being a wide player. I, I just personally don't know if he played there previously, but is it just because it's kind of his pace-strength combo that you think he might be better out there and also the fact that he can't score goals? 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, I think, I think he played there quite a bit for Hoffenheim, I think, if I'm not um, mm. wrong. I think that's why he played a lot more in Germany rather than as, as a number nine. I think that he, he's better at sort of getting the ball and running at defenders rather than trying to, to play on the last line and hold the ball up. I think he's better facing the play. Um, he can be quite a dangerous He He's quite good in the air, but I think that's better suited out wide and sort of winning knock-ons there and sort of trying to, to run out defenders. I think the, the few times he has played there, he's, his movement's been a lot better and it seems like it's a more natural fit, but there's still a big confidence issue there with him. That, yeah. you know, it's, it's inevitable if you come in for more, £40 million pounds to play up front and you score two goals. There's going to be a confidence issue, but maybe the break um, will serve him well and he'll come back and contribute because whatever happens, like I can't see us selling him for, for even half of what we paid for him. So he's going to stick around and we're going to have to try and find a use for him somewhere. Uh, and it's probably as a wide player. I wouldn't, I'm not giving up on him yet. I think there's some talent there. We just haven't found the right role for him or we haven't found the right role for him and, he, and he's just not confident yet. So hopefully next season it'll be a fresh start for him. We sort of saw that with Almiron. He came back mm. and, and was a lot better. So hopefully that'll be the same with Joe Linton. But there's a talent there, but I don't think he's a he's a number nine. I don't think he's a player that's going to start up front for us and get 10, 15 goals. I just don't think that's his game. Gotcha. Uh, what other holes do you think there are currently in the squad? And is there any player in particular you expect to sign or just general positions? Yeah, there's probably a few positions we need to look at. I think... Both full back positions, I don't think we're that strong in. Um, obviously, this year at left back, we've had uh, Danny Rose for the last sort of 12 games, and we had Jetro Willems before then. Um, would have liked to have seen him come permanently, but he, he's had quite a serious injury, and I'm not sure if they'll go back there. Um, and with Rose, I'm not being, I think he's a shadow of the player he once was, and he doesn't seem to, I think he's playing football purely for the financial reasons I don't think he has the interest that he had so I, I think he, he he's one that we might sign but don't think he's gonna be the Danny Rose we we saw at Tottenham a few seasons ago sadly but um yeah, I think the fullback positions I think we're okay at, at centre-back um we might need to sign another one if if we're permanently changing to four at the back I think the likes of uh Lejeune and um Fabian and Cher are better suited to three at the back, so we might have to bring in another centre-back and move a couple of those on. Um, probably need another central midfielder. We've got Ben Taleb at the moment, um, and he's not been great, so probably need to get another centre uh, mid. I think that Bruce wants somebody of a, 
more legs and a bit more energy, uh, probably to play with Shelby. So that's would be a position we'll look into. Um, and yeah, we need a striker, as I said, and we probably need another wide player. We've had Lazaro; he's not really done amazingly. He hasn't had many chances, um, so I'm not sure if that will that will become permanent. So we probably need another wide player. Uh, and I don't think don't think Atsu's played much since the restart. I think he's had one or two sub appearances. So yeah, we we need a little bit more depth there because we've seen over sort of the last month or so the amount of games that Maximum played, we just ran him into the ground, uh, especially in the last few weeks. So we need a bit more cover there. Um, so we can rotate a little bit more. So yeah, there's definitely positions to strengthen. Um, but yeah, I think I think full backs and striker are the main two. Um, and if if you know we don't have the money to go out and buy five or six, which I'm sure we probably don't at the moment, they're the positions I'd strengthen on because that's where our first eleven is is most weak. Mm. Yeah, some of those players you mentioned are are likely departing if their loans aren't picked up. It is. Jetro Willem still technically on loan with you? Like, could you trigger that option to buy still, or was that kind of cancelled after his big injury? I think he's he's. I think it was cancelled because um, I think he was removed from the squad, mm. and that, I think he's been he's definitely been back at Newcastle since his his loan expired. I think he's the, he's kept in touch, and I think I'm sure the option to buy is probably still there if we wanted it, but I don't think they'll take it because he's he's probably not going to be back till December, and. To bring it sights, if you've got a limited budget to spend that on a player that you're able to play for three months, seems a bit of a waste. Yeah, even though he seems a much better buy. He, he was fitting in so well before the injury, too. Just has to be another annoying blow <laughs> as a Newcastle fan. Although, if you can buy a rose from us, that would be delightful. Um, <laughs> any other uh, players that you think might be on their way out by the start of next season? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not completely sure. I think Fabian Shaw might go. I think he's going into the last year of the contract. Um, I think Dwight Gale is maybe one who could go. He's going into the last year of his contract. Although he's done really well following the restart. If we bring in a striker, we might see um, potentially the money we could get for Gale as, as being worth it to, to increase our own budget. I think there'll be championship clubs that would, would go for Gale in a heartbeat. Um, and the price is probably a little bit more affordable with him going into the last year of his contract. Um, Matty Longstaff, he's, he's still hasn't signed a new contract. Uh, that's running out very soon. He wasn't involved at, at all today. They said it was an injury, but he hasn't really played a lot since the restart. And I think it's sort of the, the club didn't want to play him until they signed a new contract, but he wasn't going to sign a new contract until they showed him that he'd actually get game time. So it's a bit <laughs> of a weird one. So I'm not sure if he's going to stay or not. Probably takeover related, which we'll come on to. But yeah, I think there'll be a few departures. Um, Atsu might go. Um, he hasn't played a lot um yeah there'll, there'll be a few departures I, I don't think it's going to be loads and loads but maybe maybe Atsu um and Shah are the, the main two uh and maybe Gale as well they're the three that I could see us maybe selling gotcha we'll definitely keep an eye on those potential outgoings now it's time to ask you the big gajillion roughly uh pound question uh which is the ownership talks e- even before the uh, hiatus it seemed like that was close to getting done then we heard from Ashley and others that it was a uh, kind of fast-tracked for approval and then we just haven't heard anything in months I'm sure this is a very deflating if not uh, regular occurrence for uh, Newcastle fans just curious if you know where that's laying and regardless of that how the fan base is coping with it yeah that's the million dollar question uh, I, t- I don't think anybody knows what's going on with it to be honest it's it's the 
the only people that do are the ones that work within the Premier League. I don't that the so-called buying consortium are keeping reporters being confident and seeing it going through. But I think an owner and director's test of Premier League normally takes four to six weeks. This is now into like its sixteenth week. So it's, I mean, it's definitely not definitely not without its issues. Um, and they've been widely reported. There've been piracy issues, um, conflicts between Qatar and the Saudi Arabia. Um, with regards to piracy and being sport, uh, being sports, I think, and that's sort of like a geopolitical war that Newcastle has become at the centre of. Um, it's been more briefing today in Qatar that um, it won't be happening and that it's going to be rejected, but that's definitely a, a biased take from those that are pushing for it to be rejected. So I'm not sure how much you can believe that. Um, so yeah, it just seems to be. Um, Lots of confusion about it, and there's been reports of a second buyer, a third party. It's just very, very, yeah, it's, it's complicated. But Mike Ashley, or at least quotes from Mike Ashley, came out today. He'd phoned Steve Bruce and the players after the match, sort of congratulate them on the stand up and on the season. Um, and from that, he sort of said that it's with the Premier League. That's what Steve Bruce was saying. Um, so it seems that it's still with the Premier League to decide on. Um, and they're in a the difficult position where they, what they probably want to accept the money coming into Newcastle, but they, but if they do so, they'd be alienating one of their media partners, and they don't really want to do that. So it's it's a bit of a standoff at the moment, but it's been like this for sixteen weeks. Like at some point, they're going to have to make a decision, and it's if it goes on into the next two or three weeks, it's going to impact on what we can do in the transfer market. It and and the confusion is not going to help anybody because if we go and sign a try and sign a player, they might think, are we signing for the current Newcastle? Are we signing for one with millions of pounds behind them because if we're signing for the latter we want double the salary so it's going to be difficult so they need to make a decision the longer this goes on um unsolved so say if we did a an update podcast in four weeks time and it still hadn't been resolved at that point i'd probably say we're definitely going to be relegated because it's the parameters to to, to work with such uncertainty over who's even going to own the club it's just not fair. So they need to make a decision. Like they've had their time to debate it. And if the decision is no, then they should come out and say that now because it's just, it's going to impact on what, what we're going to do. So there needs to be a decision. Hopefully there will be. Um, and I guess the urgency on that wasn't so important while well, the season was still ongoing, but now it's finished. They need to sort of clear it up. And I, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. Um, still, the, the buying party were holding meetings last week over potential targets and assessing the current playing squad. So they're still planning for it, but it doesn't mean anything until they end the club, which they don't at the moment. So see what happens there. But yeah, I'm. whereas if you'd have asked me eight weeks ago, I'd have said, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to happen. I think it's going to happen now. I'm sort of 50-50, I'm not sure. Um, but compared to other takeover sort of sagas, at least we know this one is happening. There's been a bid accepted. It's definitely, not, it's definitely real. It, that much we know. We just don't know if the Premier League are going to accept it. Yeah, and we don't have to blame Steve Bruce for this one if it is actually out of his hands this time. Um, this, yeah, yeah, which we must can't be an adventure. <laughs> we can't blame Steve Bruce. We can't blame Mike Ashley. We can't blame anybody, and we we couldn't really even blame the Premier League if they if these people aren't fit to own the club or they've broken broadcasting rules or they've done something to make them fail the test. Then the Premier League have their right to reject it. Yeah. Just why have we not heard it yet? <laughs> it does seem to be exactly, strange. Yeah. And with such a small gap between seasons, I see your point of 
this needs to get wrapped up pretty quickly if they are to affect any real changes before the 2020-2021 season. Speaking of which, I realize this is going to be difficult with that question left unanswered, but what are your expectations for next season? Yeah, it's a difficult one. Um, I'd hope progression. Like I think everybody hopes for that, but unless there's some sort of clarity within the next week or so, I think that we're at real danger of of getting relegated next season. There's such, I think we, we were quite lucky to get the points that we did um, in the first half of the season. I'll clarify that because I think following the lockdown, um, we've actually been good and worthy of the points we picked up. So hopefully it, our form will can maintain the what happened following the lockdown, which you'd think that's the more um, relevant form anyway going into next year. So hopefully that continues. But if not, we're definitely going to be in danger of being in another relegation fight. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to have that much money to spend if, if a takeover doesn't happen. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm just it's I'm I'm doubtful. I think the the team's going down. We we were probably better than, but, but some of the ones staying up, like the, I don't know Brighton. I think are going to be a lot better next season. Um, I think of the current Premier League teams, you'd probably say Newcastle, Crystal Palace, and um, Aston Villa are the three that will probably be down there again next season. Uh, Palace got an aging squad, lost a lot of games towards the back 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 end of the season. Aston Villa just survived and probably going to lose to Jack Grealish, their best player. Um, and yeah, we're the other one where we're, we're pretty lucky to get the points we did this year. We've got so much uncertainty hanging over us. Um, yeah, and the team's coming up, they've got momentum. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's difficult. I think Talking, talking what we know right now, we, we, like we can speculate on a takeover, but until one happens, you can't factor that in. From what I know right now, I think we'll be battling another relegation next year, which is a sad state to be in. But hopefully there's some positive news over the next few weeks. Like we, we, We've got into a position now where we've got something to build on. Um, and whether that's with Mike Ashley or somebody else, we've got to build, a, build on it because we can't, keep treading more to like to, to finish 13 two seasons in a row getting one fewer point you just can't keep stabilizing at that level you need to progress because everybody else is progressing around you like um we've seen brighton um signing adam Lallana this week like they're, they're going to go out and do business those clubs around us so we're going to have to do similar so yeah I, i'm hopeful of a better season i'm hopeful of a takeover i'm hopeful to come onto this podcast next year and talk about newcastle without mike ashley but it's difficult to get really enthused about the next season. I'm kind of just glad this one's over and hoping that we get some positive off-field news over the next six weeks. But yeah, difficult, difficult one to judge. Yeah. Well, certainly best of luck uh, with all of that. And may your continued stay in the Premier League be lengthened <laughs> by at least this one more season. I do think a top 10-ish finish, uh, just with a couple of smart buys, even without the takeover, I think... I think think could be accomplished if you got in a decent experienced striker rather than a young one and like you said covered those wing back spots you, you might be in a pretty good shape there but time will obviously tell in that regard this season regardless though fairly unmitigated success uh considering the expectations coming into the season so we'll end on that happy note uh if you'd like to tell folks where they can find you or anything you're working on now be a good time yeah and get me uh on twitter at jake jack with two ends i'm on the championship show um on this channel so check that one out and anything I do, writing will rise uh, for EPL index. I'll post on my Twitter.
All right, well, thanks again, Jake, for coming on today for this end-of-season recap. It probably won't be too long uh, until we get to the start of next season one, but folks at home, thanks for listening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.